Pastor Mark. Thank you, band. You guys ready for tonight? Yes, come on. I like that. Great response. Yes. Thank you, Paul. I will need that. Oh, how good is that? Lots of stories, lots of testimonies. Who loves a good testimony about God moving? So good. You know, I had lunch today with Ivana, and uh, not just Ivana. Um, do that pretty regularly, but I uh, had lunch with a new family uh, from Morayfield, and uh, they've been coming for a little while, um, but dad has been coming, he's given his life to God, and he actually came when we were in the school uh, over in Caboolture, and, uh, and that came out of flags on the front road, so all the host team, you guys, in the, in the blue and everything that you do, it matters, and it saved a whole family and lots more, and uh, kids were coming, but mum wasn't, and then last week, after a couple of weeks, she's like, I've been wanting to put my hand up every week, but she'd actually been just counting the cost, as Jesus said, and uh, last week decided, nah, I can't wait any longer. I need Jesus in my life. And she's like, I want to inject all of this good stuff into our lives and our kids' lives. And so it was so fun having uh, lunch with them today. But God is moving. Amen? Amen. 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 You know, there's only 47 days left in 2021. 46 tomorrow. 46 days tomorrow. But you think about that, if you're waiting for something, that's a long time, 46 days. Like that's longer than Jesus' 40 day and 40 night fast. That's a long time. There is still plenty that you can achieve this year. And that's what I'm gonna preach about tonight. You guys ready? Are you ready? I'm actually talking to Rob and Connor, but great enthusiasm and interaction. Are you boys ready? I've entitled my message tonight, Don't Be a Gold Digger, Be a God Digger. Come on. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke, Yes. Don't be a gold digger, be a God digger. And I'm gonna jump straight into the Bible off the back of that one. Amen. Matthew wrote this in chapter 28. He said, Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee. There's 11. I thought there was 12. We'll get to that later. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. And Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, tonight I pray that you would speak through me Lord, your word, your message. God, I pray that it would inspire us to do what you have called us to do. Lord, that it would inspire us to be who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, you probably guessed it and gathered that from my title that I am gonna be talking a little bit about money tonight. Money. You know, Jesus spoke of money in a quarter of the parables that he used? A quarter. That's a large percentage 
of parables that directly, not just like, like a little bit about it, like directly used money in a quarter of his parables. No, it was not the most spoken about topic. It wasn't the most important topic. It wasn't the point of even all of those parables that he used money in them. But why did he talk about money as much as he did? Because money actually does matter. Money does matter. It can become a stumbling block. It can become a stumbling block and our world is driven by it. Our world is driven crazy by money. And Jesus knew, and it's not just now, it's been since the beginning of time. Money is such a distraction to the kingdom of God. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. I believe tonight that God wants to bring a sense of freedom to people's life around this very thing, around the issue of finance and money. You know, money can cause so many issues in our lives. So many issues. It can cause so much worry, so much angst. It can cause uh, issues in, in marriages, in families. It can cause issues in our body, in the area of health. It literally can cause so many issues in our lives. It can be used for good, but often it is the foundation of the very opposite. I wanna encourage you tonight to serve God, not money. Yeah. To seek God, not to seek money. Ask, I wanna ask you a couple of questions. What do you get more excited about? Have a, have a think about over the last couple of weeks in your, in your life or over this year, what, moments that you got really excited by, what were those moments? Does, does new stuff excite you or do the things of God excite you? Or what things do you look forward to? What things do you crave? Do, do you want the latest and greatest or do you want a fresh touch from heaven? Do you get more excited about new seasons or do you get more excited about souls. What do you get angry about? What makes you angry? What, what, what makes you frustrated? What do you get angry at? Who do you get angry at? Hopefully not another human being. How about souls going to hell? That can be something that we can agree on, that we can get a little bit angry about. How about the enemy robbing us of our family and friends? How about the enemy robbing us of the abundant life that Jesus said that he would give to us? How about getting angry about stuff like that? Ask yourself, what was the last thing you complimented someone on? Was it something about uh, their character or something about their coin? What was it how they looked or how they acted? Was it something they bought or someone they brought? Are you struggling? Are you struggling at the end of this year? Are you struggling as we come closer to finishing another year here on earth? Well, I wanna ask you tonight, what are you feeding yourself? What are you putting in? What are you feeding your spirit? What are you, what are you feeding on? Well, Pastor Joe, I struggle with lust. Well, stop watching sex. That'll be a good start. You will struggle with lust a whole lot less. 
I promise you. It's true. Do you struggle with money? Stop serving it. Stop wanting it. Stop dreaming about it. Stop desiring it. Stop wanting the next thing or the biggest thing or, or all of the stuff that this world has on offer. I wanna encourage you tonight to let Jesus Christ be your provider. Let contentment, godly contentment come from the things that God has given you. Start to be a people and a generation and a church that craves after the gifts of God and the things of God and to be used by God and start to get more desperate for the souls around your life and and, and less desperate about the stuff that you can add to your life. Start to get a little bit more fight in your life for the people around you because I can tell you that the enemy is fighting for them really hard. So let's fight harder. Let's be a people that would fight harder for the world around us and actually start to champion them and to champion Jesus into the world. Because I can, I can promise you that you introduce someone to Jesus, they will thank you for introducing them to Jesus and they will probably ask you why you held him to yourself for so long. It's the only thing they'll be upset about. I promise you. Like this week, I was... I was treating myself to a Cafe 63. I know that's probably not a treat to some of you, but whatever. I was treating myself to a caramel latte, medium. It's tall at 63. And I was at the moray filled one. I'm sitting down there waiting. And I just turn around and I smile at this guy. And he's some old guy and he smiled right back at me. And the only thing I could notice straight away was he had about three teeth. One tooth. I think he has, I think he has three. I counted them. Awesome, awesome guy, Tony. Start chatting with them and I'm like, hey, what do you do with yourself? And you know, what are you doing on the weekend? Classic Joe question, take it, own it, claim it, it's yours now. And, uh, and, and I'm like, do you live locally? And he's like, oh yeah, I just live up near, you know, the Big Fish Tavern. And I'm like, oh cool, that's near Woman Janet, that'll be good, you're old, you can go and hang out with those guys. And, and then I'm like, hey, what do you do on Sunday? And uh, he's, he's like, oh, nothing. And I'm like, why did you come to church with me? And he's like, oh, what church you go to? I'm like, it's just across the road. <laughs> so good. Just behind Waddle. He comes this morning, 10 o'clock, thoroughly enjoyed his service and then goes next door afterwards and buys a couple of boxes of KFC pieces of chicken. I love this guy. Comes back to the cafe, offers me chicken. I'm like, God bless you. Oh my gosh, you, are, you will be in paradise for sure. Jesus will let you in just because of that. And uh, he, he proceeds to tell me that he used to go to church four years ago, but has stopped going and has no one, literally no one in his world, can't read, can't write. And, and he's like, what's that? I said, we'll see the blue building. It's Waddle behind there. You'll see heaps of people there, 10 o'clock Sunday, and in he comes. How good is that? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Jesus is alive and he's active and he's drawing people through us. Amen? Amen. Amen. If I just had more money, if I just had more money, when was the last time you said that to yourself? No, money, money will buy a bed, but not sleep. Books, but not brains. Food, but not appetite. Finery, but not beauty. Medicine, but not health. Luxury, but not culture. Amusement, but not happiness. A crucifix, not a saviour. A temple of religion, but not heaven. You, you want the blessings? Live the blessed life. 
Choose to live the blessed life and you'll receive the greatest blessings that you could ever think up, dream or imagine. So what are you focusing on? What consumes your time? You know, there was this... uh, uh, famous man, forget his name, doesn't really matter. The point of the story is the guy writing a biography about him was like, you know, I read all of these journals and notes and all this stuff about him, but then I found his ledger. And can I tell you that I got more out of that ledger about the type of man that he was than all of the other stuff that people knew about him? Because what you, what you put your time into, what you invest into is actually what you really care about it, whether you like to think it or not. You know, has, it, has accumulation or career, the money, the stuff become an idol in your world? Do you worship it? Does it matter more to you than the God you serve? Is your income your God or is your income a tool to bring people to God? You know, there's some people that are, are struggling because they've got it the wrong way around. You know, in God's Ten Commandments, he said that we must not serve anything that is not God. Paul wrote this to the church, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with the sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. And then he said this, don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Do you have lots of nice things? It's all ash. It's all going to burn. On judgment day, the fire is going to come through and it's going to consume our life. And only the things that have reaped the rewards for heaven will remain. Everything else is hay and timber and sticks and straw. It is worth nothing. In my research for this message, I read a story of Saladin. And he was one of the greatest Muslim Arab leaders and set up this dynasty that went on for generations after him. And an incredible guy. And they say that when he died, he asked for his hands to be left outside of his coffin. Weird, eh? I know. But he did it because just before he died, he literally gave all of his wealth away. And then he asked for his hands to be kept outside so that people could see that he came with nothing and he was leaving with nothing. I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty cool leadership. I like that. So don't let your status in life become your goal. Let souls be your goal. What's more important? Stuff or souls? What would it profit you, Jesus said? What would it profit you? Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? You know, you know, at the heart of Christianity lies the premise that God created everything and it ultimately belongs to Him. Human beings exist as stewards. You and I are stewards, we're managers, and we need to step into that of God's resources. See, this includes what we like to say is ours, our money. 
Stewardship isn't just an aspect of the Christian life, it's the whole of the Christian life. For many of us, the struggle to align ourselves with God's will is played out in the realm of our finances. It's where the real battle happens for a lot of us. As Martin Luther said, there are three conversions necessary. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the purse. You see, Jesus talks about money because when we truly understand our role as stewards, money becomes a tool that we can invest into the kingdom of God. You want freedom from the stronghold of money? You want, you want more than you need? You want to have abundance in your life? You want to have more than enough for you that so much that it's like overflowing into your lap and all around you? You want that? Tithe. Give. Give to God what is God's. The 10%, it belongs to Him. Start to give. And you know what? God doesn't actually just want you 10%. He actually wants 100%. Now, he might not ask for it. He might. He did from the rich young ruler because it's what was blocking him. But he does require the 10%. But he's also looking for a heart that is willing to give 100%. Because when you recognize that, well, I, I, I would have nothing without Jesus. I wouldn't even be here. Like my parents might have had a little bit to do with that. But God is the one that spoke me into existence. My very breath, the next breath, the breath I breathe in and breathe out is a gift to me from God. When you recognise that all of the stuff that you think is yours is actually a gift from God, you will willingly obey the Bible and do what it says. It's not your life, it's not your stuff, it's not your wealth, it's not your home, it's not your car, it's His. It's His stuff. You wouldn't even have it if he didn't give it to you. You wouldn't even be here if he didn't give you life. I want to put it to you tonight that as a Christian, we belong to Christ. We choose to make him Lord. We no longer own our own body and we no longer own our own time and our own resources. We choose to say to Jesus Christ, I give all of this to you. You know, if you're starting to feel uncomfortable, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit convicting you. I'm just preaching the word. Maybe the Holy Spirit's starting to press on you and say you need to give it up. You need to let it go. You need to hold it a little bit more loosely. Because we get so worried about it. We get so driven by it. And it ruins us. It ruins our life. James, in, in the book of James, it says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I want to jump into the story of Judas. We don't, uh, don't really hear much about Judas very often. Wasn't even mentioned in the uh, Great Commission. Gave, gave him the flick. <laughs> the 11 disciples. Yeah, used to be another one, but we don't really talk about him. <laughs> the other guy, that one, not even mentioned. But you know, Judas was one of the 12. He was one of the original gangsters. Like he was, he was in the OG clan. Like he was kicking around with Jesus in the 12. Like he was one of the 12 disciples. This is how Judas started. Judas Iscariot, it's how he started his journey. Jesus called him, was given every opportunity that all the other disciples were given. First, he starts to value money over people though. We're gonna read that in a moment. 
He valued the perfume and the price of it over the life of Mary Magdalene. And then from there, starting to value money over people, it stemmed into allowing money to overpower his love for Jesus. Let's read this, Matthew chapter 26. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. And while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, why criticise this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. And I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Straight after, Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. And from that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to portray Jesus. 30 pieces of silver. That's all he got, just 30 pieces. In John 12, it gives us a little bit more of a snippet. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth, so now we know it wasn't just the disciples, it was the disciple, Judas, That perfume was worth a year's wage. In Greek, that was 300 denarii. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor, but not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. You see, he had every opportunity that every other one of the disciples had. He was given... Every opportunity. He was given Jesus. He was given life. He was given abundant life. All he had to do was just keep saying, Jesus, I choose you today. Jesus, I decide to choose you today. I'm gonna take up my cross and I'm gonna follow you. But something came in and started to attract him. Something came in and it started to to pull him away and just start to eat away at him. And it was money. And he started to see the potential of, well, maybe I could have this or maybe I could have that. And it started to pull him away until he started to think more about money than people, so much so that he was willing to sell out his Saviour. You see, 30 pieces of silver is significant. In Hebrew culture, 30 pieces of silver was not a lot of money. In fact, it was only the, the price paid to the master of a slave. This is from Exodus 21, 32, when his slave was gored by an ox. So, so, so they, they said, well, look, this is all Jesus is worth. It's the price of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. So some have uh, thought, well, maybe 30 pieces of silver was, was Judas's tithe of the 300 denarii that he could have got. The slave's death was compensated by 30 pieces of silver. There's two other places in the Bible that specifically mention the amount of 30 pieces of silver and they're directly linked The first passage is in Zechariah, which contains a prophecy that is later fulfilled in the book of Matthew, this very passage we just read. Leaning up to the prophecy of the 30 pieces of silver, it's a description of a strange episode in Zechariah's life. God had the prophet Zechariah play the part of a shepherd and care for a flock doomed to slaughter. Sounds like Jesus and us. 
God used this to illustrate a prophetic judgment against Israel for crucifying Christ, predicting the fall of Israel in AD 70 and the subsequent scattering of the nation. It was a prophetic moment foretold. There's another prophetic reference that's found in the 30 pieces of silver given to Zechariah after his work as a shepherd. He went to those who worked, he worked for and asked them to pay him what they thought he was worth. And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. Check this out. He responds sarcastically calling it a handsome price because it was such a small amount. See, these actions were from a detailed prophecy looking forward to Jesus that he would be betrayed for just simply 30 pieces of silver. It's all the Pharisees considered him to be worth. Don't grow a love for money. Don't grow a love for money. Don't grow a love for gold. Don't grow a love for stuff. It will pull you away from the giver of life. 1 Timothy 6 says this, that for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Just look at what happened to Judas. He started with a little and it pulled him away until ultimately he was no longer in relationship with Jesus. Don't be a gold digger, be a God digger. I wanna share some wisdom with you tonight. If you wanna live your best life, then choose to simply live the blessed life. Choose to prioritize Jesus in your world. Seek him above everything else in your world. Read the word of God and obey the word of God. Don't don't just have it sitting in your pocket when you carry around. No, read it on the train. Don't read it in the car, but read it on the train and read it Read it in your tea break, your lunch break. Read it at night, read it in the morning. It is the answer to life. It will help you to not struggle as much as you might be struggling. And even if you're not struggling, if you're fired up and excited about the, the next 46 days that you've got like I am, well, it's gonna give you the impetus and the fire and the passion to get out there and believe that nothing is impossible for God, Amen. Come on, be hearers and doers of the word. Implement the teachings of Jesus in your life, not daily blocks. You cannot get the wisdom from the world and apply it and think that you're going to succeed. Stop reading leadership books and leadership blogs and Twitter this and Twitter that and TikTok this and Snapchat that. Read the word of God. It's got everything that you're gonna need in there. Desire wisdom, desire godliness, pursue the gifts that God has to you. Seek to be, check this out, seek to be known for your character for who you are, not for what you have. If you're consumed by the world, then you'll struggle with the things that the world struggles with. You don't need the world. The world needs you. The world needs you because wrapped up inside of you is the answer to everything that they have going on. The world doesn't need you to create wealth and leave it lots of money. Your inheritance should be sold. Seek to leave an inheritance that's not just a bit of finance for your family and your children's children. Seek to leave a legacy of spirituality as well and a legacy of of double portion and multiplication so that your children's children will go on to see more souls being saved. Did Jesus have lots of money? Nope, barely any. Did he give the world around him lots of money? Nope. He gave him his life though. The world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. 
married for many years, Paul had been ignored by his wife, Liz, for a couple of days. So eventually he confronted her with what he perceived was the problem. Come on, Liz, admit it. He ranted. You only married me because my granddad left me $6 million, didn't you? You really are silly, Paul, retorted Liz loudly. I couldn't care less who left you the money. (laughs) Oh, man. Can I get the band to come back up? (laughs) Come back and keep the main thing the main thing. Come back to the Great Commission. If you don't know that you're called, you're called. If you don't know you have purpose on your life, you have great purpose on your life. It's called the Great Commission. It's for all of us. Go into all the world. Tell people about Jesus. Preach to them the good news. Show them your story. Show them who you are because of what Jesus has done for you. You know, if, you, if you're not sure that you've got a story, can I put to you tonight, just think about what your life might be like without Jesus Christ in it. And that'll inspire you to realise all that you actually really do have in your life and tell the world about it. Get them baptised. Teach them all the commandments. Disciple them. Because that's the stuff that you're gonna get rewarded for. You know what the streets of heaven are going to be made from? Gold. In in heaven, money is just dirt. It's not the goal. Souls are the goal. Decide tonight that I'm gonna live for souls over stuff. Souls over stuff. What, What did Jesus take and make with the dirt that he created here on earth? Souls. Souls. I want to encourage you tonight to let your dirt make you souls, not gold. Let the dirt that God has given you create souls in your world, not gold. I invite you to stand as we come to a close tonight and uh, Bam will uh, we'll get ready to go into rain above it all. And if you're a life group leader, pastor, I'm gonna open up the altar call tonight because I believe that Jesus wants to display the goodness of being known by God, that He wants to display the power that He has. You heard some testimonies tonight from Pastor Mark. You heard some testimonies of, th- of some things going on. You know, the Bible says that when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. It's an absolute statement by Jesus Christ Himself. It says when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Tonight, I believe that some of you are gonna see God heal you from some stuff that you've been going through, whether it's physical and ailments or or mental health issues or or emotional, relational, whatever it is. Maybe some of you tonight need to see the goodness of God in an area of your work or some breakthrough or some, maybe you need some vision in your life. Maybe you need some clarity in your life. I believe that if you can get from God what you need tonight, it's gonna start to give you the confidence to start to place your faith and trust back in Jesus Christ instead of the ability that you have to produce the answer that you're looking for. Because right down here is a moment tonight. It's a, it's a moment for you. It's an opportunity where you can ask again. You might have asked for something in your past and you haven't seen God come through for you. Well, tonight, come and ask again. 
I want to open up the altar call for absolutely anything tonight. There is no, no reason for it tonight other than this, that I feel really strongly that God wants to display Himself to you. To again build within you a, a, a faith and trust that you can place in Him, that you don't need to try and produce what God can do for you. Come on, are you dragging yourself into church? Have you made church like a lifeline? I'll just hold on, maybe I'll get a little bit of hope. I don't know if God can really do it. Maybe you've lost your first love and passion. Can I encourage you, you weren't meant to live like, like life is on a lifeline. You were meant to live the blessed and abundant life. Come on, Jesus is not meant to be an afterthought. He's meant to be the centre of it all. He's meant to be your everything. And when Jesus does something for you, it is way more than enough. Tonight, repent. It's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Maybe that's what you need to come down to the front tonight to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've been prioritising money and stuff over souls and over you. God, tonight, I'm sorry that I haven't been putting you first. Also, I want you to do this. Ask again. There was a key in the persistence of prayer that Jesus taught us. And He said, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking until you find your answer. Well, tonight, it could be your night. It could be the night where you see something happen that you've been believing for in your life. You know, so many altar calls lately, I've noticed that there's been a lot of young people coming out to the altar call and seeking God for Him to do something in their life. Well, I believe that tonight this altar call needs to be filled with not just young people, but old people. Because there's stuff that God wants to still free you from. There's stuff that God wants to still do for you. Healing, breakthrough, family, friends, love, hope, freedom from bondage, freedom from depression, addictions, freedom from strongholds, or maybe you need vision, maybe you need life, maybe you need abundance, whatever you need, Jesus is your answer. So let Him have another go. Give Him another go tonight. Come out and put your trust in Him again.